Captain's Log, still stuck in the 21st century. This is Star Trek Discovery Pod, a sometimes smart, sometimes funny podcast covering new and classic Trek. I'm going to win this game of Dal- uh, Caldo. Calto. I'm Calto. <laughs> I cannot read, y'all. I've been working all day. It's your, it's your notes, too. <laughs> I know. I read it. I flipped the words. I am your Captain Mariah Gossett. With me on the view screen, we have some very chatty Cathy's. Clyde Haynes. Hey, moral dilemma, schmoral schmimimma. Your positronic buddy, Paul Lorsatachi. Pew, pew, pew. We are reviewing and discussing the seventh episode of the final season of Star Trek Picard. Maybe we should just start over and play the intro music. Again. <laughs> I did great. I did great. You're good, Paul. We're letting it ride, y'all. We're all letting right. it ride. We all can't be perfect. We're all not positronic beings. And even we are seeing in this episode, they are not perfect either. Mm-hmm. So, um, again, we're covering Dominion, which was written by Jen Mags, uh, directed by Deborah uh campier um and we have a couple of reminders before we dig into this episode paul how can listeners find us or share this podcast with their friends hey uh our podcast is on apple spotify uh youtube please subscribe all links are at startrekpod.co and if you love our content and you'd like to support us maybe consider joining our patreon for just two dollars per episode at patreon.com slash startrekpod boom Two for two, guys. Two Two for two. two. You're going to jinx yourself now, Paul. Mm -hmm. Don't get too excited. Clyde, how can people interact if they are watching us live on YouTube tonight? If you're watching us live on YouTube tonight and you want to participate in our show, you've got a thought, comment, a question, you want us to read or, or at least look through online, then all you have to do is type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital pod in the chat, and that'll let us know to take a look at your comment. And in that special moment here in a moment when you want to gather your thoughts and give us your fresh nuggets on the show, then uh, just type capital H, capital F, capital HF in the chat and we'll take a look at your thoughts. Indeed. And with that said, I do believe it is time for some Hot Freaks! Hot Freaks! It's time for some Hot Freaks, even though we didn't have uh, any Freaks in this episode. That was a... Uh, Freakless. Freakless. Freakless up. Um, well, there, there was a moment of like a fake Freaks. Yes, we did get a fake like Freaks. A, oh, a very fake. dead looking That's fake right. Freaks. Yeah. But... Um, uh i think my i'll go first just because it's real quick i feel like this is uh it was jam-packed with a lot of information jam-packed with some fun action sequences so far not my favorite episode of the season hard to say but i overall enjoyed watching it so i feel like that is my hot break and i'll dive into more feelings later but uh paul what did you think about this episode i felt like this was a thankless episode so that's a, like you know a lot of things had to happen i think that like i don't know if everything made sense and i and i and i'll, I'll go into that uh as we continue uh but like it, it it too was not my favorite episode of the season like but i recognize that people were trying <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's a it, it, I have a lot of complicated feelings, but yeah. uh Clyde thoughts. Well, I thought that this was an episode that set out to answer some questions. And so I think we got a little bit of understanding of like what is this conflict about? 
And so we got some backstory there. And to understand who um, Vedic is and why, like, I feel like that moved the plot a little bit. Um, there were some chase scenes. I think the plan was bad. Um, mm-hmm. I think it was a very bad plan. I don't know why anybody, I'm surprised Shaw went along with it. Like, that just, I would have liked to seen the explanation of, like, I have a plan. And Shaw goes, that, no, that's the craziest, kookiest, outlaw, mm-hmm. landish thing I've ever seen. But we got a little bit, you know, I listen. At the end of the day, this is a show that is great for the cameos and the throwback and the nostalgia. So if, if you're rating this, as long as you have one of those at somewhere in the show, you're going to start your rating is going to start out with at least a B. And we start the show off with some Tuvok. So, yeah, love I feel it. Like, love I feel that. Like- Union really wraps this up for us. It was great seeing fake Captain Tuvok, but I left the episode feeling very confused. Wait, wait. How did we know that Tuvok was fake? Oh, he said it. He admitted it. <laughs> and then he transformed into Frakes. <laughs> right, 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 fake right. Fake Tuvok became then, old, creepy, da- f- fake Frakes. Yeah. And then I feel like Chippy kind of uh, puts a lot of my feelings together. My least favorite, I'm so confused, but I was not bored. That is it. No. I think I was like, I'm not bored. I'm a little confused. I liked some backstory, but I've left with maybe possibly more questions than I got answers. Um, So yeah, that was, uh, that was some hot breaks right there, but I feel like we have to start. It was so nice to see Tim Russ back on our screens. I so enjoyed seeing Tuvok. Um, I like, I, I felt a little like emotionally manipulated when I got some Voyager, like music, the music music. cue. I yeah, was like, I, oh, I, it's happening. It's like, happening. And then I was like, no, you're not real. <laughs> uh, it was funny because I, when I, I heard the cue, I go, ooh, Mariah's like going to go, wee. <laughs> I was so excited and then so devastated. <laughs> yeah. like, I would say the music for this season is so on point. Oh, it's the, just so on point. It's so so good. Truly. And I think, I think that's where, you know, I'll, I always like starting with like, things that I loved this episode. The fight choreo was great. I thought the music always is amazing. We got some like kind of updated, I feel like bad rogue costumery going on on the rest of the crew this ep, which I also enjoyed. Um, And I feel like Amanda Plummer is just giving me like everything I want in just a ridiculous villain with purpose. So I, I think I'll st- I'd love to start with with Vedic and like what did y'all think of the backstory we've gotten? Because um, that was sort of our big reveal this episode, right? Is how these particular changings came to be, right? So what did y'all think of uh, Vedic's backstory? Clyde Haynes, you go first because I have thoughts. <laughs> mm. I, it it felt how do I say it um, appropriate. Right. Like Mariah, last week you talked about getting this sense of, you know, in Star Trek, we've always had something that reflects kind of what's going on in the political, socioeconomical kind of meta world that we exist in. And you you mentioned that you hadn't really felt where that was pulling from yet. And here we get this question of of kind of bringing us back to this idea of. not even just morality, but like understanding the other side, 
like you look at this and you know it's very easy to go wow there this is the big bad this is the enemy and then you look at the fact that what what what, what they went through right like this torture this mm-hmm. testing and you go okay now i kind of understand and yeah it wasn't specifically at the hands of you know jl or anyone but that was that was that that was interesting and it was like okay so for me i think a great villain has a, a a why right i'm not really into the the villains that are just sadistic for the sake of being sadistic that to me sometimes is a bit when i want to watch a western but this is a little i i view star trek less as a space western and more of a space opera hmm. and so in a space opera i'm looking for let me i want to understand why my villains are my villains and i got that and so i i i, I that was probably one of the pieces of the the sh- kind of this episode that I enjoyed the most was understanding Vedic's kind of backstory. Um, and then I was a little bit confused because we still don't know who's pulling the strings. Yeah. Yeah. I think to me, that's still like my biggest question because I understand her motivation for um, disliking uh, Starfleet, right? Like mm-hmm. I can see why she has this disdain, but the focusedness on card and jack crusher i still have like way more questions than i do answers um but paul i wanted to get your your thoughts on vedic first before we move on so so i suppose you have to understand that like once again as every episode i say ds9 is my favorite blah 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 it's the best storytelling blah 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 uh and like like i've gotten to know a few changelings you know Mm -hmm. and so like you know so Imagine taking a changeling and torturing them and blah, blah, blah. And then they become Vedic. But like, what I don't really understand is like, why would the changeling Vedic take all these little uh, quirks that are so solidy stuff, like smoking? Yeah. You know, like, like it, it, it doesn't really fit what I understand a changeling would do, even, you know, like, even if like they were tortured, like, you know. So there's this part of me that gets a little frustrated where I go like, you had a great character and now you're trying to come up with a backstory to explain that character. And like, it just wasn't so tetrising up as way it should. Like it, it didn't, her origins did not make me feel like this was the appropriate person that would come about mm. from what I understand <laughs> of changelings. Like this is, this is real deep track type stuff, right? Like, yeah. Uh, I mean, I I do wonder, sorry, Clyde. Um, I do wonder if it's like things that she picked up from her torturer and it's like a weird right way to like reclaim these things. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also that, wonder if it's a choice by Amanda Plummer to have her smoke and oh, that's just something they've had to like. Yeah, no, which I think is great. Like I, I think mm-hmm. the smoking is great. I just wish that I could see, you know, her, the character's pain reflected in uh amanda Plummer's performance in an integrated way mm-hmm. as opposed to being actor choices and like moment choices versus like character choices mm-hmm. so i and I, I don't know if that's an easy thing to do especially i don't know how they've mapped out the season and and stuff I, it's just like uh like then then i'm going like well if there are only nine changelings which she throws in like i feel like I've seen nine changelings get shot <laughs> so, so 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 there you could make the argument that there was a rogue group of changelings and that and, and Amanda Plummer like transformed these changelings to have a bunch more, which is fine. 
you know, but it's just confusing in that way. A lot of things were put in. Like, I, I don't know why the changelings are in, like, bad guy outfits now. Like, you know, why are they in, you know, the the owly body, you know, like, mm-hmm. masks and stuff. Like, it, it, it doesn't, it, but she isn't. Like, it's a, a lot of things just don't feel, like, integrated in a way that I would like. Whereas everything up till then seems to be within its world. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Clyde, but, uh, what were you gonna? Oh, go ahead. Well, I was just, I was just trying to synthesize what Paul was saying, and and I think it's somewhat appropriate. Like, you've got this, you know, what I think is a fairly solid backstory, and then you've got this villain, right? And when you put those together, it didn't quite seem to fit. Is that what you're saying, Paul? Like a little bit. Like you know, the like, backstory, the backstory in his own was fine, and the villain is fine. But it didn't seem like it, it integrated didn't quite. Yeah, the integration of it's almost like there's a partition yeah. between the backstory <laughs> and the you know and With the performance. The That's yeah. right. And they're fighting, and like uh, we need to take that partition out and see. You know, I, I I don't know. I don't know. So uh, speak, speaking <laughs> of partition, I gotta say, if we if we're talking about the episode, and I, huh. I was really looking for moments in the episode that I really really enjoyed. Under no circumstances can you cavalierly connect lore to any system on your ship. And I'm Mm. a little bit annoyed because I'm thinking, man, last season, we did this already. We connected the Borg Queen to the ship. And ultimately what happened was the Borg Queen took over the ship. Well, no. Why are you you surprised that lore did it too? Ultimately, like what happened, everything worked out fine. But did it? I mean, uh, someone, I think Chupi in the chat pointed out earlier that, like, truly the plan would have worked if they didn't connect lore to the computer. Because yeah, lore exactly. is the one who screwed everything up. At which point I go, what was Amanda's plumber's plan? <laughs> what, 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 what was Vanek's plan? That she was so calm singing in the, you know, hermetically sealed, like, you know, mm-hmm. force field. Uh, I mean, but, but, perhaps it's like, that's the, it's like, I think this episode for me, uh, it will greatly depend on what next week brings because if it is to the point where like Vedic knew they were going to go to Daystrom and take data lore and like kind of knew that this would be like the circle of, of crap that was going to happen. Well, it, it, it could have gone that way, but. And and they they know because like, you know, Riker is, is a prisoner there, right? They, she was there when lore was taken. Right. So, so she knows that. So, But, but he, he, here's where, I, you know, once again, I don't want to be that guy. Because, like, you know, I, I can, like I said, I see that the the hardest. Be that all... guy. Be <laughs> that guy. But, 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 but this encapsulates how I feel, like, not focused the episode was. It's when Beverly and Jean-Luc and whoever was in the room go, like, why would they want your body? Because, you know, they need to do, they're going to make a perfect clone of me for Federation Day. And like, you know, with between Jack's blood and, and my DNA, blah, blah. Everyone knows you're dead. You're in a positronic <laughs> body. There's no genetic blah, blah, blah. It's not going to happen. <laughs> I think it's. I think there's something else. I don't think it's that simple. I hope it's not that simple. I, I also really, yeah, I hope it's not that answer because to me, that's like such a, that was such a like, let's toss this up and like quickly hit it away, please. <laughs> like, yeah, but, but like they wouldn't come up with that. Like everyone knows that he's, that. John Luke Picard is dead. That this mm-hmm. is a robot. There's not going to be a genetic scan because he's a robot. 
I mean, I guess then they would determine that he is a robot and not, it would be a bigger red flag if it was a real body that came exactly. through. So it, it, their, their solution can't be what, you know, it, it, just like this with a little investigation, it can't be that. Yeah. So no. e- either I'm misunderstanding something or, you know, once again, like it's, it's, uh, it's got to be something deeper. I, I firmly oh. believe that it's something deeper. I um I did want to talk a bit about Jack because to me I think the most frustrating thing is I just want I don't understand why he's not telling everyone what he's seeing and what's happening. This whole like I'm hearing things but like you're not telling them what you're hearing or seeing and like now you can mind meld with Sydney um and tell her what to do which I thought was a really cool fight sequence mm-hmm. but I was like what is this connection and how is like I just, my biggest question is the only clue we've gotten thus far is that when he was a kid he used to have nightmares and yep. so I'm like was this child swapped out for another child at hmm. that point and this is not actually Jack Crusher sure, sure. or has something happened in this recent chase sequence of events that have been going on to where this is also not actually Jack Crusher because I was like, this is a very long amount of time to go between these potential vision moments. Mm-hmm. Um, or is there something that needs to be near him for this to happen? And now they're close to it. Is it being around his dad? You know, it's like, I need to, I, I, you need I, to know. I, need, I need to know. Mariah, I'm, I'm with you. I think, I think what's, what's making me a little nervous is timeline, right? Yeah. Because here's the thing. We are now done with seven episodes. Mm-hmm. There are three There are three remaining. Mm-hmm. And I know nothing. And so what worries me is that it, it, we're going to get the resolution to what's wrong with Jack too fast. Sure. Yeah, yeah. Right? That's, that's what's scaring me just a little bit. Um, it, and I'm, I'm, I, I kind of feel like I need time to process. Gotcha. I want to I want to really understand like how this happened and then see what the resolution is. So I was really kind of hoping that we might get it in this episode or get su- get pieces of it or understand. And I feel like what it is is like not only did we not get pieces of it, we have no more understanding than we have, but now he can read minds. Well, and me- talk to people in their mind like just I, I'm even more confused. Well, like, to be mm-hmm. fair, like, you know, like w- when I have that power, when I do that, I don't tell people that I can like read minds and make people do things. It, it, you know, you don't just tell people that, <laughs> but you know, but, but with that, that, that really just fell flat. Oh my God. I'm so sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> but like, uh, uh, but, but with, with that said, like, you know, it seems like, like throughout the whole thing, right? Uh, one thing that we've been consistent with, like, why are you causing more problems than mm-hmm. you need to? Like, everyone's people are hunting you down, all this stuff, and you choose to to make it more like, like Beverly knows, like her son just like vaporized, like you know, four four people, and he didn't know they were like you know changelings. Gonna tell anyone? Nope. <laughs> Yeah, it just seems like if he is someone who, you know, like he is also a doctor, right? And so what's the most powerful information you can use if you're trying to diagnose as a doctor is like the full explanation of what is happening to the patient, mm-hmm. right? And and I can understand that. And, and, and 
I feel like um, Ed Spielers is really, he is giving it his all with what he has been given. And I just yeah. wish they would give him more to play yeah. with. He's actually doing great. Yeah. You know, for, for like, you know, uh, I mean, I think they do do well in this episode as like playing the aromatic syndrome. Like, mm-hmm. you know, once again, like Jada goes like there was an anomaly in John Luke Picard and, you know, and that Jack has that. So they, they keep on bringing that into play. And then it goes like that anomaly might not even been aromatic syndrome. So right. like, so I assume that it ha- this has something to do with that because brain, but like, do I, I do wonder if, and it might be a bit of a reach, but I, I have a hope and I know it's, it seems messy, but I have a hope that the Borg actually do come back into play a bit because we have been in and around the Borg conversation, specifically around Locutus of Borg, specifically mm-hmm. with Picard's guilt about mm-hmm. everything. We now have all of these character tie-ins mm-hmm. to Wolf 359. And I feel like it would do justice to the entire series if they came back in mm-hmm. some way. And it, it is the anomaly is because of the oh. Borg situation and this these magical powers that Jack has is somehow related to being an offspring of a Borg. To, to, to Mm. go with that, you know, Picard is like, to my knowledge, the only person who just kind of broke free of the Borg. Like everyone, you know, like, like, so like it could be, it had, could be this brain thing that he has that helped him that. So like, you know, it's not that he, you know, like with, with data's help, mind you, but like, Mm -hmm. but like I, I, there isn't like, you know, like, other, otherwise, like, like he was still connected to the Borg and and broke free of the Borg, as opposed to Seven of Nine, who was severed from the Borg. Right. Mm-hmm. So, like, so it, it might be a brain thing. Like, you know, this might be the thing that this could be the reason why he was Locutus um, versus that's like true. versus mm-hmm. like what you know, twelve of seventeen or whatever. Ex- exactly. Uh, yeah. So who knows? Like, you know, like it, I, I'm fine with like the waiting on that. It, it, it's I I'm not fine with it. I'm. I understand why it's there, but like you know, that hasn't pissed me off yet. I'm like, okay, you're just, you're gonna wait, and then, but the longer that you wait, the more like that that you know that the wrist man, or person, has to be something really, like I I have to go. Oh my god, that was worth it. Mm-hmm. That, like, See, it, Paul, you bring up a really good point with that because we've been down this road before with this particular show. Mm-hmm where there's been this buildup and we said, oh, the payoff's going to be there. I have, I don't give this particular franchise the benefit of the doubt right now, so I'm a little bit more skeptical. Now, that being said, everything that you guys have said, I'm for, right? If, if, if the payoff is, this is a, this is a tie-in to his time as Locutus, that works for me. That that tie that ties up the puzzle for me. Sure. If if you can explain his this aromatic syndrome plus him being a Borg, that changing and and multi, kind of morphing into something else, mm-hmm. mutating into something else, and then you know well, through the magic of conception that is passed on to to Jack, and he is somehow special, and yeah. he is. Like that, I okay. That might uh, work for me. Let, let, let's play a little game, just a, a, a mini game, a mini mm-hmm. game side adventure. Who could be behind the red door, or you know, whatever? Like you know, like the 
that I think you know the answer to this oh! question, Paul. It's peanut oh! hamper. Peanut hamper is uh... behind the red door. <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> This time I was waiting on it. And, and <laughs> that's mainly because of Steven. So. Yeah. But yeah, but like, you know, but like, like Sorry. what, like, I, like I was playing this game. I'm going like, who, who would I not be pissed off at? Cause if it's someone new I've never seen before, I'm going to go like, Ugh. like, and the last time I felt this way, like in a real main way was like when I watched the movie uh, arrival. Mm. Cause, Cause I was watching arrival and I go, okay, this is good. But it's really boring now. I, I don't know if I want to see aliens learn English or or humans learn space language. And so it better end well. It better, it's better like a super landing. And it did. Yeah. So, so. I, mean, I wonder if it's behind who's behind the red door. So I feel like we've heard majority, I'd say, a, a more feminine voice to be coming through that door. Sure. sure. Um, I do uh i do wonder if it's going to be a borg queen i would not be upset about a borg queen behind the door i also wouldn't be it it could be interesting if it's just an alt universe beverly in a weird i don't know how to explain that but that could be a way um Mm -hmm. or it's um cold cut I, if it were Goldicott, I would love that. Uh, I'm a big Goldicott fan. Um, who else? Oh, I mean, it could also be uh, the other Crusher kid, and maybe it's a time Wes- travel thing. Wesley, Wesley, yeah. Wesley, like Wesley already. Came. I, I, I've been wondering if we were going to see some type of Wesley tie-in at some point, some something, because um, he's mentioned. I, which I appreciate. Like, let's not pretend he doesn't exist. Mm-hmm. Um, but I don't. I don't know. Yeah, I, I got nothing. I got even Lucutus. Like, you know, uh, even the Borg. It seems so obvious that that's the only thing that can work right now. So I, I'm kind of wanting something inevitable. I wonder if it is instead perhaps the voices of these like detached uh, changelings or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he, because he can kind of maybe he can link their two pools and they can all be one again or something. Maybe, maybe. Um, I did think it was a, a interesting sound design in the like lab where you had like goo screaming. I thought they did. I actually thought they did a good job of trying to emotionally connect you to like test tubes and and liquids and goo. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, that's interesting. From Fire Sign three three one Pod. What if it's Girardi? I have thought about that a bit. But why would it be? Like, Girardi could just, could just literally talk to Girardi. He, she's just hanging out in Friendly Anomaly. <laughs> I mean, I'm serious. Like, like you know, it, you even have, like, what do you call it? The Shaw mentioned that. goes, not not the nice Borg, that, you know, but the real, real mean Borg. That they're, you know, so, like, yeah. I, I don't know. It, it, it's just one of those things where I'm, I'm hoping. I, I still want, every time I watch this show, I go, like, I need, I, I just, I just want it to, I want explosions of like, oh my god, it blows my mind because they set it up pretty well. Uh, like, well, mm-hmm. all three episodes, uh, seasons, they, they've set up so well. Yeah. Uh, um, I wanted to move to the data lore LaForge uh, kind of B story of this episode, mm-hmm. which I thought we got some really beautiful moments between Brett Spiner um, and as lore slash data. Uh, I thought. There was some really great performance moments. And then I think the connection between Data and Jordi LaForge was also 
really emotional at times. And so I appreciated having some of those moments, but it mm-hmm. also felt like such a handbrake in an action sequence at times <laughs> that I was like, oh, I want space to have this situation and not in the middle of a shootout. <laughs> no, no, I, I, I hear you. Like uh, I was watching it uh, and I was like, uh, and I was going, you know, do cybernetic uh, t- eyes tear up? You know, and, and then and then be, my, my wife goes like, "Well, he doesn't have eyes. He just uh, he he doesn't have eyes. He has tear ducts." And I go, "Fair point." <laughs> I, you know, I'm with you, Mariah. I think the pairing of having people run through the station, shooting at each other, and dropping force fields and yelling, and having this what I would probably call a tender moment between Jordy and Data and, you know, with Lore standing in between. Mm-hmm. It kind of felt like it almost tried to rush it a little bit. That being said, and I admit I'm biased, I thought LeVar Burton's portrayal was absolutely amazing. Yeah, and I, I felt it. Like, I absolutely felt it. Like, he's in this mo- moment where he's basically pleading for his daughter's life. And I connected with that. Like, I was Mm -hmm. like, that is one of the realest things that have happened in this episode is, you know, and, and it, that helped me move away from the fact that you plugging lore slash data slash B4 slash song all into the, the Titan was the dumbest thing that you could have ever done. And you know better, right? Like it's, but then again, it's on the lines of why did you have a bird of prey with a cloaking, a cloaking device just connected? Um, Like these are things that like, I was like, but the portrayal in that, that moment that connected, what I didn't quite understand is like, lore a little bit like the whole idea of like the enemy of my enemy is like is is the idea of the enemy of my enemy is my friend Mm -hmm. no man like vedic will destroy you Mm -hmm. just as easily the first chance you she gets right like that is that is not that is not your friend she's no interest in you she'll blow the whole ship up with you on it and it's all it's game over not, not to not to be the defender of the only hero on the show, like you know, uh, lore. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, you know, but you know, to be fair, they're all talking about not not an hour ago talking about how do we erase lore? <laughs> yeah. So yeah, like, but- L- L- lore's gonna die anyway. This is the best chance that like you know for them not to for him not to. So like he it, it's Last- fair. Last here's grasp at death. <laughs> it, it's fair. It, he's got control of the ship. Yeah, he's got full control of the ship. Like all, all he's doing is, is, is you know, like he could simply just beam everyone off and it, be gone, know, like, be done. It, it, except for the fact that you know the Shrike is right there. Yeah. Uh, so, so I, I did wonder, like they kind of quickly dismissed that. I, apparently, Rafi and Worf are off on like another away mission. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, they didn't have them stick around to like, go get Riker and off the Shrike while they had them off the ship. That like, felt like the obvious two pairings, like how, two how, people how to you, go how, do that. How would you find the Shrike though? They, they, the Shrike attached to the ship 
or they sent a, a a shuttle. A shuttle. They sent a shuttle over. They said no. See, and that that was the other thing that was interesting to me. How did she all said, those extra no. changelings get over when they didn't do big like, shuttle? Multiple well, shuttles. They only had like some come out. So were they all just like hanging out in the shuttle until they called them? I, I mean, they're changelings, so they may not take up a whole lot of space in the shuttle. So maybe they yeah, all but- got in there. It's hard to. No, but I here here's an interesting tidbit. Like we've seen this before. Like when the um when Ensign when Ensign when Commander Ro L- L- Laren mm-hmm. when her when her ship came over again, they took a shuttle. Mm-hmm. There's something about the transporter that does not work for the changelings. Mm. Like they've oh. mentioned because the second time she's like no transporters well, shuttles. She no, it was Ro Laren saying she doesn't trust the transporters because she thinks something's happening with the transporters. Like they mm-hmm. they are switching into changelings when they beam on board. Well, and, and, and like well, she know, didn't want them either. She didn't want to use them either. Yeah, and like you know, in that episode where she dies, like two changelings beam on board to make four before mm-hmm. Jack kills them. Mm-hmm. True, uh, but like, but whatever the case, like you know, I I do feel that. There are just things that I'm not understanding, right? Like, you know, people are making a lot of choices that I don't understand. Uh, and and I'm willing, like, you know, this is this is like episode seven. And I've gotten six pretty good episodes, you know. Like, I, I, I think I've been very vocal about how much I'm enjoying the season. And, you know, yeah. if, if this one is the one that, like, you know, kind of has a bump, it's fine. You know, like, it's, it's fine. Uh, uh, but... You know, I just hope it makes sense. Same, same. I will say I'm going to be really sad if um, Jack is not Jack and I don't get to see Jack and Sydney have like a cute little romance moment at some point. Um, Because if you're not going to give me Raffi and Seven, then I need something. (laughs) Yeah, but now he's creepy. Like, I mean. But is he? He used like his powers to like help her in the end. Yeah. I mean, he used them a little creepily to be like, I'll touch your hand in this elevator. <laughs> I mean, then the red eyes, like, I'm, I'm sorry. Like, I don't, red, like, if, if your eyes are glowing red, the sexiness is gone. Just, uh, I don't know. Not like, at that point. I, I tell my mm-hmm. wife all the time, you know, that like, hey, <laughs> we've been married for 20 years. If you're an alien, you can tell me. <laughs> <laughs> you, you can tell me. You're like, like I'm still, I'm in, I'm in it. If, if you're, if if you're a witch, you know, out of like, here. Like, you, no, no, you can tell me. You know, like, like if you're a secret, like heiress, you can tell me. I think I've proven the test now. Like, hey, you know, to to all our listeners, like this is a moment that you want to, like, if you have a notepad, write it down. <laughs> Pillow talk by Paul. Like, get your notes out. Pay attention. He's giving, how you... he's giving you golden nuggets here, man. That's right. Like, imagine us just eating breakfast, like you know, and then I just look <laughs> over and go. Just so you know, if you're a witch or or, or an alien, you can let me know. I, like, I'm totally on board. Back to Cheerios. <laughs> As someone who has lived with Paul and his wife. <laughs> In Los Angeles, before I can tell you, this is pretty standard conversation for this Dodgeon household. I'm, I'm serious. This is this is right. I'm right. I'm I'm taking notes. Where's my notepad? I'm I'm getting schooled here by somebody who's been in the game for a minute. He knows like here, what's up. I would love for you to try that on on your missus. Like you know, just just, just like have breakfast with, with your whole family. Like you know, you're, you're eating breakfast or meal, and then just go, hey babe. If, if you're you know, a changeling, you can tell me. Or, you, 
I, like I'm, I'm still in, babe. I'm still in. And I then... can see the look on the face right now. Just... <laughs> what? We'll all send you our couple. What is wrong calls. with you? <laughs> <That's right. laughs> we'll if anyone needs any marriage advice, Star Trek marriage advice in particular, just let me know. <laughs> Followed by my daughter going, "Dad, you're so weird." Yeah, that that that, that seems like that would track. Um, I wanted to kind of uh, the big question that gets set up at the top of this episode by Dr. Crusher is her sort of moral dilemma of if I can find a way to identify these particular changelings in a way that could possibly harm them, are we okay with that? Um, And I thought that was interesting coming off of the heels of them essentially being like, I mean, in both these episodes, last episode and this one, the changelings are essentially like, Hey, like we are doing this because you did a bunch of, uh, for lack of a better term, fucked up shit <laughs> to the changelings. Sure. Um, and so it's like, I, I find it interesting. They're trying to pose this question now. And I wonder if it's going to, I'm assuming it's going to come into play later. Cause by the end of it, they're able to identify a, a certain trace, um, like, chemical element mineral Mm -hmm. that exists within them that they can then id and and track them um so yeah what what did y'all think of crushers sort of veering into the dark side if you will well i mean i will say that you can scan for people like oh how many vulcans are there on that ship like you know so like to say that you you can't identify via species is is not canon right like you know but maybe you can't target you know, mm-hmm. like, uh, uh, because that's like a metagenic weapon kind of thing. Uh, and, and I get that. And I, but, and normally I would say this is not consistent with Beverly Crusher. That said, this is 30 plus years, like 20 plus years, right? Since, and, and she's lived a very different life. And I might not know Beverly the same way I used to know her. Mm-hmm. So I accept that. Where I don't accept is when Picard goes, yeah, we might have to kill her. <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn. <laughs> He's like holding that phaser. He is ready. I feel like Picard is really jumping the gun on a lot of yeah, decisions like, like, this season. That's right. Yeah. He, he's still integrating with the positronic matrix. So, <laughs> Paul, I agree with you. I think I think the thing that's different is this isn't the Beverly we we know, right? Yeah. So from from episode one, from the yeah. the very episode of this season, the shotgun phaser scene. Yep. Yeah. The thing that's different is. Beverly is in protective mama bear mode. Mama bear mode. That's right. Right. Mm-hmm. Like at the end of the day, like anything that we think about Beverly Crusher, her son, they're coming for her son. She's been in a heightened sh- state of stress and anxiety for months. and fight mode for, for months. Yeah. No. Right. Like and so she she's looking at this. Now. I don't even think this is largely about changelings and, and, and the Federation for her. This is about what do I have to do to keep my son safe? And uh, so yeah. I think you, I think you have to understand that. And But Mariah, to your point, I guess I'm waiting for, for Picard to be Picard, mm. right? Like what I'm used to, and again, maybe I'm still stuck back in TNG. I'm used to your captain having the answers. And even when they're struggling, they ultimately have the answer. Something triggers that they're they're the ultimate source of wisdom yeah and i'm not quite, getting that from this dude right now like no, but just, he's, re- he's admiral retired like the person you should be looking to is shaw i mean i was gonna say i kind of missed <laughs> shaw a lot in this episode. Uh, right 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 back to the shaw bandwagon 
I'm going to agree. I needed more Shaw in this. I, I needed a little resistance. Everything was too like, this is the plan and it's going to work. And I was like, I, from the minute I saw them coming on board, I was like, I don't know if this is going to work. Cause I didn't hear Shaw telling me this is going to work. Do you know what I mean? I have now come to trust Shaw. And I also didn't have like seven telling me this is, you know, I was like, I, I didn't know. have that round table moment where they discuss the idea of the plan where it's like montage is they're discussing it and it's happening, you know, in like right, Ocean's right. 11 kind of way, um, which well, I know is very overdone, but I, I, I wanted like a little bit of it. Yeah. Well, like, Mariah, with the, the Chev, uh, the Chev, uh, deep cut there. I just want to recognize. Yes. I, she's definitely a changeling now. <laughs> so I would, I would say Mariah, to your point, there's a, you know, I remember I was working for a company and they were big on like the six thinking hats. And the idea is that everyone in the room, ha you should be thinking about these different type of hats, right? Mm -hmm. And one of the hats is this black hat, right? Which can get overdone, but your job is kind of to poke holes. Because if you've got, everybody's like, oh yeah, this is going to work. This is going to work. You need a voice in the room that goes, hey, wait, let's just, can we can, can we poke holes in a second and think about why it might not work and, and address those? That has been Shaw, right? Mm. And I've come to appreciate the fact that Shaw isn't like what Shaw reminds me of constantly is this isn't the 80s and 90s in utopic federation where everything's going to work out and everybody's okay. And even if you break the rules, you're doing it with the right spirit. So it's always going to be great. Shaw is like, hey, can we can we talk about the other side of this coin? Can we address the things that were just not spoken? Can we poke holes in this idea? And we didn't have that. And I think I hate to say it, but what I've kind of grown accustomed to in the last six episodes is Shaw is the voice of, of somewhat reason mm -hmm. in some of this and, <laughs> and not just, well, we're the good guys, so it's going to work. And I feel like if we had that, maybe I would have been like, there's no way they're on that ship. Right. Cause when, when, when they showed up and I was like, the minute that there's like, Oh, it's the Titan. It's something's happened. It's, Mariah, you're killing it. You're killing it, Mariah. You know, but my thought was like, there's no way they're on that ship. Like, this is a trap, but they're not there. They're somewhere else. And the minute I saw Sydney and Jack running, I was like, well, this is the dumbest idea ever. This will never work. Uh, for the listeners, I just put up a banner that says Shaw was right. <laughs> um it's yeah, uh, no. it'll be and, and all I say stress VK uh, Picard has even taken over Shaw's ready room off the bridge. Really has, right. <laughs> I, I would say, Clyde, and if you just take a few steps further, just a few steps further, <laughs> you can join me at Laura's table. <laughs> no, I'm no, Laura messed up so much stuff this episode, and I was just mostly mad because I, I feel like maybe Clyde, you brought this up, like, um. Vedic is going to get rid of you, Lore, the minute she has the opportunity, or you're just going to become a weapon of mass destruction and probably get blown up along with it. You know, like, I, I, I don't feel like she's really out to, to preserve Android history. <laughs> no, anyway. Transport everybody out in the middle of space, take the ship and run, dude. Yeah. <laughs> Well, it's it's gonna be it's he, gonna be interesting. He's getting there. He's getting there. Like you know, uh, you know, uh, I I I hope hope the ending of the the uh, the series is Laura finally like he goes like, thank you for recognizing I was right, everyone. And Do you then, think? Okay, all right. It's for serious. It's no no no. It is it is variety, not time right. but the, for variety, a yeah, yeah, that's right. That's right. Variety prediction time. Um, 
what if we get a fully integrated data lore, all of the things the, the mind somehow works because if there's sure. an engineer who's going to make that happen, it's Jordy freaking LaForge, right? Sure, sure. Like mm-hmm. with, sure. with many LaForges to help, like it's the power of the LaForge is about to happen. LaForge sure. cubed. And um, they are going to integrate his, his positronic brain. And so then we finally have a fully formed human version of data. Yeah. That's called lore. <laughs> yes, but it's uh, like, not you know what yeah, yeah, I yeah, mean. Yeah, yeah. It's, like, it, it's like if you if you mix evil Captain Kirk and re, and good Captain Kirk to get Captain Kirk. So yes, like, exactly. So so yes, yeah, so, so so basically a fully realized data. Yeah, I, I think I think that's inevitable in the sense that, like, why else would you put characters like that in it? Like you know, you, lore can't beat data, right? <laughs> Stress, but, okay, but even a little lore will ruin your day. <laughs> it's just, mm-hmm. I don't know why stress, that made me stress laugh. Stress, you've been doing so well, <laughs> but I will not have you besmirch, you know, my positronic buddy. <laughs> uh, um, yeah. Uh, oh, data with a goatee. I like that. I like yeah. that. Data with a goatee. We get mirrorverse data. Um, that could be fun. Yeah, oh, it, it'll be, be, it'll be interesting be, to see what they do. That'd be awesome to watch mirrorverse data. <laughs> But that but yeah, uh, but I I think I think I think that they'll I, I think they'll need to do that probably. I mean I assume they will just because it's a uh, it's a classic fight, you know. And and there's no there's, like even Jody said like in this episode like oh no Picard said like why would you put these two together? And mm-hmm. then Jody goes well because maybe he was hoping that like you know they'd figure it out. <laughs> and so I feel like they they hopefully figure it out uh, I, I guess maybe one will hope we have three episodes to do so <laughs> yeah. i mean i mean what i found though is like with with a lot of series like it actually doesn't require that much to wrap stuff up you know like, there's 36 hours left right something's gonna happen yeah for sure so uh so i my my only like i said before my only concern is that it, it's earned like I want it to be earned. Whatever you do, just have the the wrist man person, wrist person, like you know, be worth it. I can't mm-hmm. think of I can't think of something someone who's gonna be worth it right now. But like if if it's worth it, I'm all in. I go, this is the most amazing uh, season ever. <laughs> but Here, five, here's the here's the thing about the 36 hours is it's not it doesn't really feel like 36 hours because this is the series finale. Uh, we're talking yeah. about which in most cases it feels like what we're really talking about is you got two episodes left right you've got episode eight then you got the penultimate episode where most of the action is going to take p- place you and, to wrap up and then you wrap up in episode 10 so i feel like whatever's going to happen is we're crescendoing next episode we're resolving that crescendo that conflict in episode nine and episode 10 is the wrap this up in a way that the Star Trek fans who are extremely vocal and critical of everything won't revolt on you, right? Protect the legacy. I don't think you'll get that all in uh, episode 10. I think you'll get that in act five of episode 10. <laughs> like, right. It'll be a very long act five, um, but I don't think it's going to be a whole up ep- for that wrap up, but because that would be very generous uh, time-wise. 
Um, I mean, but don't, wouldn't you be worried though? Because here's this is Star Trek, right? Like you're talking about fans that. I mean, these are fans, fan fans. Yeah, there's like, like a, a new thing for me to sign to keep some some show on air, off air, or <laughs> come to air every week, right? Yeah. So it's, I just, I'm, I'm looking at them and going, like, don't you, aren't you, like, as a writer, as a producer, aren't you a little bit worried? Like, you have to protect the brand a bit. And you got to land this thing. Whatever you do, whatever's happening here on out, you got to land this thing in a way that allows you to print merchandise, encourage people to come to con, con you know, cons. Yeah. Like, I mean, I write actually more hope, books. I would hope the writers and producers are not thinking of that because I'd rather them be thinking about how they can tell the best story. And that's sure. what I would hope they're thinking about. But I, I get your point, Clyde. Like, I think that is weighing on like those top of mind folks, but I think that's why they're also like, uh, like today they just announced we're getting an Academy series, which I'm pretty excited about seemingly taking place in, um, the discovery era of the future, which I think will be really cool. Um, oh. Tilly. Uh, go Tilly. That's right. Yeah. Go Tilly. And, uh, Tawny Newsom's writing Newsom. on the series. So I think right. that also bodes well, um, for all of it. And, um, what else was I going to say? Oh, someone in the chat was like, are we going to talk about Tuvok? Which we we did earlier, but it was revealed on the um, uh, the ready room that he's going to be in next week's episode as well. Or at least he's in two episodes. I guess I don't know if it's next week's. It could be God, later God. down the line. Um, well, he's, like he, uh, he's looking old, but he is 160 something. I mean, I mean, I, I, we're running out of cameos, are we not? We got, who we got left? It, Janeway. We've we've said her name. The name has been dropped too many times. Admiral Janeway. Admiral Janeway. Admiral. Listen, if she if, if you know, it would be know really cool if we got a weird proto, like if we got a prodigy Picard crossover at the very end. I wouldn't be upset about it. Well, here's the thing: because she's on Prodigy, I'm expecting it. Yeah. Right. It's not like a Avery Brooks thing where I'm like, we're not getting. We're asking, and it's never going to happen. It's yeah. never going to happen, right? Like. But Janeway's already involved. Like she's hanging out with the writer. She's like she's she's in this world. Yeah. Right. So I'm expecting for us to see her. I'm trying to figure out who else might we see. Because I need that Voyager theme song to coincide with me seeing Seven on screen with Janeway, and I need it to happen. Yeah. No. no. I can cry about it. <laughs> well, I mean, so we. I mean, here's another thought. Like, will we see Chicote? I don't think so. I, I would have to look at how the dates are lining up. I'm wondering if they're like, oh, Admiral Janeway isn't around because she's out looking for Chicote. <laughs> and that's why. Well, I mean, the only reason why I bring him up is because he's another voice that we've heard on yeah. on Prodigy. Right. Well, I, I mean, like, I guess where is Prodigy in relationship to Picard in timeline? I don't know that off the top of my head. So I will do some homework and come back about it. Um, yeah, I'd have to look that up to be sure about the dates. I feel like we're past. We're like, anyway, I don't know. I'm going to misspeak as soon as I say something. So I'll just hold that information and I'll tweet about it later. So you can follow me on Twitter at Mariah Gossett. And I'm sure the Star Trek pod account will retweet it because uh, I will tag it. <laughs> I was just thinking of one last thing, like as far as like the, the hand person, mm -hmm. like the way that they sound, they do not sound like Borg. Like they, talk, they talk like, not Borg. They talk like someone with a lot of emotion. 
Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, I don't know what that means, but like, you know, so I, I, I suspect that it is not Borg. Oh, I got one. Oh, well, come on, Clyde. Mm-hmm. If you say what peanut if- hamper, I'm, 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 I'm money right now. <laughs> no. Um, what if it is someone from the Q continuum? I'm um, not necessarily saying it's Q specifically. Mm-hmm. But what if it is someone from the Q continuum? But aren't they like not supposed to mess with everything this much? Like, yeah, but Q does stuff all the time. But, and, and then my my second, like, if it's someone from the Q continuum, they could just, yeah. You know, uh, I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm just trying to, I'm trying to go back into Star Trek mm-hmm. villain history uh-huh. and going who have been some of the big, big villains that we haven't seen in a while. Um, the cot. The, the cot stuck in, earlier. The, the cot stuck in like a power yeah. race jail. Yeah, that's true. Uh, I'm not sure. We have more again, like more we said at questions. the top, more questions and answers. But um, was there anything else y'all wanted to dive into about this particular episode? I think we're good. I think you know, like this was a, as you said, I, I have complex feelings about this episode. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed. I'm ready for eight. I am also ready for eight. I, I Iconians, thank you, Jay. Thank you. Uh, Iconians. They're, they're 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 dead. <laughs> <laughs> oh, thank you, Keen, for someone doing some googling. Memory Alpha says Prodigy is to twenty three eighty four, so sixteen years before Picard. Oh, okay. Yeah. So Dakota could be back and could as, be back. Yeah, yeah, but I agree. That would be a spoiler with, for Prodigy. But yes, yeah, yeah. what Kang said, it it might spoil Prodigy. Yeah. yeah. All right, well, we'll see. We'll Good see. to know. I think that is it for us tonight, y'all. Thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. We will be back next week to talk about the eighth episode uh, of Picard with another live stream and episode in the feeds, which I've been trying to put out on Sundays. So uh, you guys can subscribe there. Uh, rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. We appreciate it. Visit StarTrekPod.co to get links to everywhere you can listen and or watch as well as to our Patreon uh clyde where can people find us on twitter you can find us at star trek pod thanks to karen who runs our twitter what's up karen Karen. we appreciate you we will see you all next time live long and prosper bye-bye also if anyone uses my alien line just let me know how it goes yep let us and between now and then don't forget to run a diagnostic on your warp coils do it Bye. bye